Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome in, everybody. All Pro Lines, the podcast. I'm your host, Kostaki Economopoulos, and uh, we're doing a little off-season uh, podcasting today. We don't do that much, and uh, I don't know, we do about once a month. Welcome in. Thanks for being here. Um, it's a little bit of a weird time. It's not what we usually do, but we're uh, we're doing it. We're doing it. Jerry Oliver. I was thinking maybe I'd get you in here. Hey, buddy, I appreciate it. <laughs> Just happened to be on the porch recovering from race day. Yeah, I bet. I bet. An Indiana boy. It was a big day in Indiana yesterday. Uh, yeah. And happy Memorial Day to everybody out there. Uh, and thank you to the folks who uh, have worked hard to take care of things for us. Uh, there's some football going on in the world, football news. And uh, I haven't talked to you guys in a while, so I want to do a podcast. I think we're going to get Brian Miller here, although I did kind of goof around with the time. We'll see if we we'll see if we get him. I will probably get him. I'd say we get him. He's a good dude. I'm all Georgia'd out today. I got my uh, newfangled uh, Georgia championship hat and my old fangled Falcon logo shirt. Uh, since I saw you guys last, lots happened. Andreas and I went to the draft in Kansas City. It was awesome. It was so much fun. Yeah, somebody was asking me, like, what, what do you, what do you, what, what do you do? There's not a game. What's the appeal of going to the draft? What's the big fuss about it all? You know, it's hard to put your finger on. I think part of the part of the fun of it is there is no game. It's no one can lose, and everyone's there wearing their Vikings shirts and their crazy Bears jerseys and their silly outfits, and it's almost like Comic Con. It's like it's football nerd like convention. Everyone who's there knows more about football than the average bear and they know what they want for their teams. And there's just this open sort of conversation. People are self-deprecating about their teams and everyone's just in a good mood and running around. It's It's a time of hopefulness, you know, for your team. And it's like a little Island of football news in the off season. And, I just love it. And Andreas and I have gone a couple of years now and we're going to go next year to Detroit. It's just, uh, and we're both poker players. So it's fun to like pick a poker room and run around, go to the draft and then come back to the poker room and drink some beer and play cards and talk about life and wear our Falcons gear and talk to whoever's there at the table. The uh, Kansas city fans are living large right now. Oh my goodness. They're having a good life. I mean, they've been hardcore football nuts for always, and their team's been terrible for a, a big chunks of the last couple of decades. And now they are at the top of the pyramid, man. Best quarterback, certainly right now. And you could argue, you know, bigger than that. Uh, great coach, great situation, likely to be good for a long time. We were at the poker table and uh, there's some Chiefs fans there. And we kind of the go-to question is to ask people what you need, you know, when you're talking draft. 
and uh, we asked one guy what what the Chiefs need, and he goes competition. That's <laughs> that's a good line. Jealous as a Falcons fan, never been able to say anything even a little bit like that. Uh, uh, Jonathan, hey, what's up, man? He says the fun's booing the commissioner. Yeah, that's fun. Actually, I, you know, I think the commissioner's fine, but I the tradition of booing him has become fun. I agree with that. Uh, we had a, one of the funniest things that happened while we were there. In my opinion, it's pretty dark, but so we're in throngs of tens of thousands of people, like going up this beautiful grassy hill up to the memorial. It's, it was in a cool spot outside, and uh, about midway through the first round, you probably saw this if you watched the draft. A, a, a kid, like maybe thirteen, sort of preppy looking with some floppy hair, comes bouncing out onto the stage. He's kind of hyping up the crowd, and. Uh, and there was a dude kind of near us. He goes, somebody smack that kid. We got some giggles from around the area we were standing. And then they introduced him as being with the Make-A-Wish Foundation. <laughs> oh, oh, the laughter got heartier and darker after that. <laughs> Andreas went over to give him extra shit about saying that. <laughs> uh, it was fun, man. We uh, we enjoyed it all. Um what else happened? There was some uh, some kids from USC. Some reporters got arrested for stealing first round jerseys. I think they should make an ad for NFL Shop out of that story, right? You have the kids standing there in their jerseys, you know, that they stole. We had to smuggle into the credential player area and 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 grab these and sneak them out of the building, and we kept them at the hotel for a couple of days. Then we got arrested at the airport. Then there's a little kid standing next to him with the same shirt. I got mine at NFLshop.com. Eh. All right. <laughs> so I just got back from Louisville. It was great. It was a, the crowds were a little smallish because it was the holiday weekend. It was like 77 and gorgeous out a couple of the days. Uh, but people who came were great. And that club's got a lot of heart. It's been there since the early 80s. Anyone who's anybody who's been through that club and Roseanne used to work there a lot and Tim Allen and you know all the giants of comedy have been through that place it's got some guts and some history and in the old days for me like you know just in my career I don't know 20 plus years ago you would go there and do a seven minute set you had to book it like six months out they would occasionally do these showcases and uh and they booked like 10 rooms all over the place so if you uh, if you could crush that, it could change your life. I mean, that's what we. I remember going up there and being nervous and doing my set. It was sort of like, nah, I didn't really nail it or whatever. But I ended up working for those guys eventually and uh, talking to the crazy owner. Tom Silva was there for years and years and years. I did some of their other satellite sort of gigs around. And what's up, Ron Milford and Terry? Terry Menge, M E N G E, is that pronounced Mengi? Is it Menge? What's up, Terry? Terry says bears coming through. Hey, look, I got a new backdrop. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to catch less shit from Tom Griswold. I'm, I'm going to eventually have like three different stages of places I could be, kind of mix it up a little. But this is my first one. It's got a little, little something, little something, something. Anyway, most of you aren't watching. You're listening. I got a backdrop for those of you listening. It's wood. It's wood panel. Um. Let's uh let's do some uh let's do some jokes. Where's my where's my where's my music? Where's the my two music? minute drill?
Bill's safety, DeMar Hamlin, says his charity has big plans for using the millions in donations. First step, keep them away from Brett Favre. That's your first step. That's what you got to do. The Falcons are playing the Jaguars. Wembley Stadium, 9.30 a.m. Eastern, right? They got a a London game. 6.30 a.m. local time for me in California. You thought the Falcons games were normally a snooze fest. I am going to be, I might have my CPAP machine still on. My sweaty thighs just laying there. I'm not going to. Aaron Rodgers and the Jets are going to play the Dolphins in the first ever Black Friday game. No travel issues for Rodgers because he never spends Thanksgiving with his family. So it'll be no no problem. Former Falcon Calvin Ridley is going to be wearing jersey number zero. I guess to help remind him that uh, how many bets he should make on NFL games. <laughs> zero. I'm taking the over. Zero is also the number of catches and yards of touchdowns and dollars he got last year. Suspended Lions wideout Jamison Williams claims he didn't know the gambling rules, to which I can only respond with, want to bet? Uh, I saw an article called uh, One Question Still Facing Each NFL Team. And weirdly, the Falcons' question wasn't, what the fuck are we doing at quarterback? I know, Andreas thinks we got to give Ritter. I'm not... I'm not I'm rooting for the guy, but I don't think he's the answer. We'll see. Uh, Tom Brady's going to have a small ownership stake in the Raiders. That's nothing. He completely owned the Jets, Bills, and Dolphins for 15 years. They asked the <laughs> they asked the Cowboys GM uh, about the kicker, and he said, and I quote, you ready for this? Anybody else on earth who is not on the team right now is under consideration. <laughs> Yikes. Yes, if you're the Cowboys kicker, it is time to get your resume together. They say Gardner Minshew has taken Anthony Richardson under his wing. I've seen Anthony Richardson. He doesn't fit under Gardner Minshew's wing. Besides, Gardner has a lot of stuff under his wing. A mustache trimmer, some old jeans, a pair of scissors. You know, there's a lot lot going on. (laughs) (laughs) Tight end Foster Moreau signed a pretty big three-year deal despite recently being diagnosed with cancer. So apparently he's okay. You'd love to see that. That's a great story. When I heard about cancer in the locker room, I thought somebody re-signed Antonio Brown. Huh? (laughs) Antonio Brown says he's going to play for the Albany Empire. Naturally, when I heard this, I thought, is that a prison team? Is that a rec team for a loony bin? No, apparently he owns this team. It's a it's arena league, I believe. And he he said he was going to play this week, and then he didn't because he failed a physical. Like you're the owner, he doesn't. You don't need to pass a. I don't know what he's. This guy's continues to be a fucking lunatic. But he is going to scorch the poor DBs if he <laughs> if he gets onto that field. It's going to be kind of interesting to watch. Uh, what else we got here? The Eagles, uh, are going to play the Giants on Christmas day. Eagles fans are ready. They're, they're going to boo Santa Claus. That's going to be nice for them. Uh, all right. We got, uh, I don't see Brian in the, in the thing yet. Let's check on here. Yeah. This is probably my fault. We sort of vaguely talked about the plan and then I, I threw it together sort of last minute here. Um, let's do this. Let's ask some questions of the, uh, the peanut gallery. Jerry and Ron are always up for questions. Uh, let's go. Let's go. Let's let's just. Oh, what? Let's do. Got to do the music. If you're going to do the questions, you got to do the music. 
All right, all right, kids, put your thinking caps on. It's quiz time. What redneck did that drop? All right. Uh, which NFL team had a winless season 2008? Jerry, Ron. 2008, I reference this once in a while on stage when I'm working in that part of the world. Anybody know? There's only been a couple of these perfect seasons. <laughs> the answer is the Detroit Lions. Uh, Ron guesses Tampa Bay. Jerry guessed Browns. Yeah, the Browns had a bet. That was more recently, though. I think the so the 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 Lions were 2008. I think the Bear the Browns had a perfect season in like 2015, give or take, somewhere in there, I believe. All right, you guys answer faster. All right, here we go. Uh, which NFL player holds the record for uh, basketball? Who was the first player in NFL history to rush for over 2,000 yards in a single season? That's kind of fun. Jerry says I'm hungover. <laughs> yeah, I imagine you are. <laughs> I'm a little hungover, too. I was playing poker last night, and uh, it was great. I, my new life, man, it's nice. I, I'm playing a lot more cards. I'm playing Limit, and I'm crushing it and loving it, and it's been a pleasure. I go down there. They got good food. They feed me. They just bring food to the table. You can order drinks to the table. You can get a massage at the table. Just playing cards and making some money and goofing around, listening to music and podcasts. It's a good life. All right, Milford. What are you saying, Milford? 2003. Does that mean you know? You know the answer to this one? Oh, oh he says OJ. That's correct. O.J. Simpson, first player in NFL history to rush for over 2,000 yards in a single season. It's pretty cool. He's done some running since, you know, from a, from his past. Huh? I just wrote that. I'm a genius. Uh, who was the first African-American head coach to win a Super Bowl? Again, I've got mixed feelings about parsing us into little groups for stuff like this, but this is kind of a cool. It's pretty cool. And I talked to him a couple months ago. Jerry Oliver got it. Dungy. Tony Dungy is the answer. What a gentle, thoughtful dude. I'm not sure I agree with him on uh, all of his recent stances on things, but he is a uh, he is a wholesome person. Uh, I, I really enjoyed getting the chance to talk to him. Uh, let's see what else we got here. This is interesting. Which team has the most regular season wins in NFL history? It's really about who's who's been around the longest and not been terrible, right? And if you go way back, I, I guess it depends on how you define what NFL history means. Jonathan's guessing Giants. Milford guesses New England. The answer I've got here is Chicago Bears. I guess they were one of the first teams, I, I think, if you if you define it this way, the NFL started with about 10 teams and they were one of those and they've been competitive and present for years and years and years and years. There's Here's another fun one. This is uh, up, up your alley, Milford. Who was the first player to rush for over 2,000 yards in back-to-back -back seasons? 
So that sits, OJ. <clears throat> back to back. Who would you even put on the list for something like this? Barry Sanders would come to mind for me. Uh, Adrian Peterson, says Ron Milford. That's a good guess. Derek Henry, says Jonathan. That's a good guess. This is uh, old school glasses. Rams, Rams helmet. Eric Dickerson. Back to back 2000. I mean, that doesn't even count receiving yards, right? Jesus, that was total domination. Was anybody playing fantasy then? <laughs> if you had Eric Dickerson, you won. You won those two years. <laughs> uh, this is cool. Which team has the most interceptions returned for touchdowns in a single season? I'll give you the I'll give you a hint with the facts here. 2008. 10 interceptions returned for touchdowns. What the fuck? I mean, two or three is a lot in a season. Yes, yes. Jonathan chimes in right away with Ravens. Ed Reed, that is correct. That is definitely correct. That's the team I want my Falcons to model themselves after. If you're really going to do it, if you're really going to have the game manager quarterback and the just run the ball 800 times a game plan with a great defense. You got to really do it. You got to get these super monster defensive players, these superstars. You got to really build a defense that good. And they, they haven't done that part of it. So, all right. Well, that was pretty cool. We did, uh, did a little quiz time early. Um, still no sign of Brian Miller. That's all right. I guess I goofed up the time thing. So it goes. If we don't get Brian, we don't get Brian. If we get Brian, it'll be a it'll be a pleasant uh, uh, a pleasant bonus at the end here. All right, well let's uh, let we'll we'll do the we'll continue with the crowd interaction if you guys are up for it. We got a handful of you got you hardcores. I'm happy to have you guys here. Let's do um let's do another little uh, intro here. We did. Now it's time for which comes first. Oh yes, it's time for which comes first. Now tell me, will this happen before that happens? It's time for which comes first. Did some scribblings on this on the airplane. Uh, Which comes first? DeAndre Hopkins signs with a new team. Or Antonio Brown actually plays for the Albany Empire. (laughs) He said he was going to play. And then they sold like, you know, they generally sell about 2,000 tickets to these games. They sold like 4,000 tickets to the game he said he was going to play in. And then he didn't play. He's such a jackass. Uh, so, but he said he's going to play. And he apologized for not playing. Whatever. This guy. He's just continuing to be a jackass. Ron Milford says uh, Hopkins. Apparently the the story today is that there's a little bit of a bidding war between the Chiefs and the and the Bills over Hopkins. They're both be great landing spots. They're both contenders. They're two of the best quarterbacks in the league and make Hopkins happy. And they both want to not have the other team get him, you know. The Chiefs in particular, I think, could use one more stud wide receiver. They've got they've got this plethora of like uh B level dudes. And Kandarius Tony, if he's if he's healthy, I suppose he could be the he could be the, the real one there. I think I agree with you guys. All three of you chimed in with Hopkins. Um, 
You never know with AB. Maybe he'll. All right, here's a fun one. This is a story we're going to be watching for a while. Which comes first, a Brock Purdy start or a Trey Lance start? This will be a debate all summer long. Um, I feel like they're going to try to just keep going with Purdy. That's what I would do if it was possible. But if he's not ready, who do you put in there? They got the third one there, too. What's his name? The uh, the big name from the Jets that came in. Um, and I suppose if you if Brock really is the answer and you kind of know that in your guts from watching him at practice and based on what he did last year, then maybe you play Trey Lance for a few games and show him off to the league and then trade him. So that, that could be a strategic choice. Um, all right. We're getting split votes here. Uh, Ron says Trey Lance. Jonathan says Purdy. Uh, Jerry breaks the tie with Lance. He's, I think Purdy hurt worse than they think. Yeah, that might be right. Those are the kind of injuries that you never – It take. you don't know if they're going to be in in time. They're bad for fantasy because you can't read them very well. All right, here we go. Uh, <laughs> which comes first, a team based in London or Keith Richards dead? <laughs> this is a perfect question for you, Ron Milford. Obsessed with death. <laughs> I feel like we're going to have a Jaguars team in London in the next 20 years. Is that true? Does that seem right? Is that really going to happen? Or is that just the optics, right? Is it just the optics? <laughs> uh, we're splitting the votes here. Milford says London. Jerry says Keith will never die. <laughs> Jonathan said Richard's kicking the can. Yeah, he's pretty old. I mean, even if he's, even if you don't count the hard life, he's pretty old now. But I'm right in thinking we're going to have a London team. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. All right, we're getting. Oh, Brian's texting me now. <laughs> That's all right. He'll be here a second. All right, one last one of these. NFL, an NFL game, a live NFL game in Asia or South America. That's interesting, right? I feel like we're moving, we're moving the ball on some of this, and you know, we're, we're doing. Uh, we did Mexico. London's been a big smash hit, and Germany has been a crazy, gigantic smash hit. I keep reading these different things where they, based on the ticket inquiries and the and how fast they sold it, they guesstimate they could sell millions of tickets to an NFL game in Germany. Uh, so I think they got to keep, they got to keep going, right? They got to, they got to get up. Let me, uh, yeah, this is my goof. I think <laughs> uh, Jonathan says Japan. That's not one of the answers. <laughs> South America. Surely there's going to be, they're going to want to do a game in Brazil or something. Argentina. <laughs> Brian's out mowing the yard. It's my fault. We'll cover it when he gets on. Uh, Jerry says South America. Ron says closer. I would love Canada. I wish we could do like, I, I wish we could do like hockey and have a Canadian team and be, it'd be cool to have a Montreal team or Vancouver or Toronto or something. Uh, but they got to protect their own sort of football up there. Their crazy rules. 
I, I like the idea of Canadian football. It's a little bit different. It's a lot more passing. They got these deep end zones. Uh, is it fewer downs? Is it, is it three downs? It's more. The the receivers get a full running start. You know, you're allowed to run forward before the snap. That's kind of cool. But I, I believe their rule in Canada is they have to have um, they have to have at least 50% of their team are, are Canadians, I think is their rule. It's something like that. If I don't have the number, right. (laughs) Jonathan says Japan is in Asia fair. I know, I know what you're saying. I guess in my head, I imagined China. That's why I was stuck on that. The fun thing about football in China, it always comes with Jerry rice. Huh? There's an old joke for no reason. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. And Brian Miller's in here. Look at this guy. He's all sweaty and shit. <laughs> you caught me off guard with the half hour early start. I just ran five miles. <laughs> <laughs> it's totally my fault. You know what happened? I had the time zones wrong. I basically was, I picked the time that you requested, and then I forgot that you're two hours different. <laughs> okay, so it wasn't, as long as it wasn't my screw up. I, no, it's not got, you at all. It's totally me. I, blew I got it. back, and I was like, doing my pulse check and making sure, you know, checking my heart rate. And I was like, I looked at my phone and I was like, oh, my heart rate should be higher perhaps because I'm late. <laughs> no, totally, totally. So we did some of the segments without you. We did the, which comes first and we did the quiz time. We, we handled it all. All right. I like that you're saying we, <laughs> you know, it's like, you just yeah, do. it's me and three dudes who the have to be available in the middle of a Monday with no warning. Yeah. Good. It is an intriguing podcast recording time. Okay, yeah. It's, it's again, I'm, I'm going to figure this out. We're going to do it at the same time every every week. What's the season? Yeah, 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 of course. Yeah, I just Until figured, this, then, was a, I figured I this was figured. just a perfect custody vector for you. You just didn't happen to have a kid. Nah, it's you. funny. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. <laughs> That's just good dadding right there. You're like, hey, yeah. I, I got an afternoon. Well, I can't do it later. I would interrupt my poker playing and then. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> got to figure it out. How's life, buddy? Uh, not too bad, you know? going football we're in that we're actually we're in my favorite time to not watch football like in the beginning at the end of the season i'm always like a little exhausted with it right but then you always miss it a little bit it's still winter you know you're cold you have nothing to watch you know we're at the point where the weather's nice i'm outside i'm, I'm liking it i'm not missing football at all because i've got something to distract me you this is about the month where i have that and then usually starting around late june i started kind of going like man i'd like to see some of these rookies uh maybe play a little bit you know and then by august i'm just i'm just nuts for it i'm ready yeah i think you're right i think this is the month that it bothers me the least to not have it but i like that i'm still like reading about it you know keeping track with it but i like the lack of urgency it feels like this is the true off season i think is like may to late june yeah i've had a couple of slow drafts going for like fantasy weirdness (laughs) sure it's been fun. I love it. Hey, that's a plug for the sponsor. Uh, check out. Um, oh, I'm blanking. Uh, what's our sponsor, Brian? What's the matter with me? 
<laughs> well, uh, I almost I, put oh, the shirt oh. on. I, I think it's uh, is it Boeing or is it Blackwater? It's, I remember it's it was underdog. One of those... It's it's uh, underdog fantasy. Go to underdogfantasy.com. Underdog fantasy. I could have sworn it was Blackwater. Thought <laughs> <laughs> you were taking that dark money, you know. <laughs> Blackwater. That's a reference I haven't heard in a while. <laughs> well, that's how they want it. That's exactly you're playing right into their hand. You haven't thought about them. That's when they're working their hardest. Uh, what a terrible opening to the sponsor plug. I'm sorry I forgot your name, but uh, I am playing on the site right now. Go to underdogfantasy.com, and if you use promo code All Pro Lines, they they'll match your first deposit up to 100 bucks. You put in 70, they'll make it 140. Whatever you put in there, they'll double it. Uh, they're good guys, and they are the champion. They are the best place in the world to bet on uh, best ball tournaments. So you have a draft for your fantasy players and then you don't touch them for the rest of the season. They just pick the best outcome each week. Oh. And, and some of them are really big tournaments with huge payouts or you can play small potatoes or whatever. Best ball is really fun. It's, it's growing as a thing. And if you haven't tried it yet, uh, give it a go. You don't have to trade anybody. You don't have to set any lineups. You just pick whatever it is, 25 guys. And, uh, and then they're in there for the season. So. I like that because the thing that – well, I'm not a big fantasy guy, but the main thing that prevents me from doing fantasy is the constant tinkering. Yeah. The lineup tinker. Because I'm just like I, – I like the idea of the draft, and I, I get the appeal of fantasy football, but it's like, dude, i got a lot going on. I can't add another thing to my plate where Thursday I've got to sit down with the injury reports and go over – you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, yeah. No, I get it. I, I love that stuff, but I totally hear what you're saying. And that's the reason I was always – dumbfounded that anybody could play you know fantasy baseball like that's the rotisserie baseball like every day you got to figure out the pitcher and the thing and it's like and there's so many games and it's all summer i mean it's it's crazy at least football there's like a there's a cycle that goes yeah it's it's every week there's one kind of peak moment there's a thursday and a monday but it's all kind of part of the same cycle if roger goodell gets his way though boy it's not going to last that way much longer you know (laughs) yeah add three more weeks get a tuesday Day game and a Wednesday game going. Oh, I know. I saw that the, the uh, Kelsey brothers uh, did their podcast this week and they were saying everyone wants a Thursday game. The guys who don't are just they're trying to get headlines. He goes, We love Thursday games. He goes, When, when I'm home on a Thursday, I want to see a good matchup. I would love to have good teams play on Thursday. I think from an audience perspective, I love a Thursday game. I don't. Yeah, me too. I, I also think one Thursday game is not that big of a deal. If, if or me, because teams can only have two, I believe, right? in the whole season. There's not that many Thursday games. I think that's right. I think they moved it to two yeah. and they could force it. And they're, they were debating. I'm not sure if they landed on doing it where they can, uh, they could swap out the game. They can, they are the flexing season. it, which, which here's the thing that what bugs me about that is that has very slightly to do with football and almost all to do with Amazon complaining about their contract because they paid so much money and then they got all those garbage games last season. Yeah, so sure it's really more true. for Amazon than anybody else. Um, but okay, I'll go with two Thursday games. Okay, I because I I, I I don't think it causes quite as much disruption as maybe coaches want to make it seem. But boy, I, then you start tossing in, you know, we go around the holidays, and all of a sudden it's a Monday, and then it's a it's a Friday, and then and and they're pushing more for uh, I, I don't know, they're pushing more for all these different games, and then you throw the international thing into it, right? Now teams yep. are flying back and forth to London. At a certain point, you're like you gotta you kind of put these guys on more of a, a regulated schedule. And, and I, just... I get that. I think that's a fair complaint, but, I, but my pushback as a fan would be, look, it's yes, it, that make these things are harder for the players, but 
they're only happening once or twice a year. Oh, Suck I agree. It up, as long know? as it's only once or twice a year, I just foresee a little of it, you know, a little tinkering here, a little tinkering there. Goodell's always pushing it. The NFL is always pushing yeah. it. I can see it becoming, I don't know. Once you start blurring those lines, it's like, well, we already have three. What's another fourth one? Okay, just go to London on one of your uh, slow weeks. We're not going to yeah, yeah. add a bye. Like, they should have added another bye week when they added that extra game. I, I really think they should have made it a, a what, a 19-week season instead of 18. And yeah, see, I love bye. that because then you have another week of NFL action. That's exactly. Okay. So you get to stretch the season out, but you give these guys a little more time to heal and recuperate. I think that's a win-win. I, I I would love that. And and selfishly, I you know, I like the Black Friday and the weird nine thirty game on Sunday from London. And you know, oh I me love, too. As a I fan, love a new, like, yeah. I love a new window, and it's clearly a cash cow. So everybody yeah. wins, including the players. You know, particularly yeah. the players. So. And and also, I, I think part of the reason they're they're flexing and doing everything they can to improve the Thursday thing is that's their first streaming. You know, there's going to be mm-hmm. more streaming, and whether it's Amazon or somebody else, the NFL needs to prove to the world that there's real numbers with streaming. And there are. I mean, those Amazon games get more viewership on streaming than like the number one show all week on TV. I know it's crazy. That's amazing, considering. I mean. You know, like in the old days when you would compare cable to networks and blah, blah, blah. It's amazing that we've come so far that streaming can create legit giant numbers like that. And fucking Amazon got me, man. The, at the beginning of like over the summer last year, I had this extended. My mom is somebody who always likes to like overthink all the minutia in life and make good decisions you know, so she convinced me. So you got me. half of her. Uh, yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> you got the, yeah, yeah. the first half, right? <laughs> oh, and then I do this. La, la, la. <laughs> <laughs> I was a chess player. How did I make so many screwy decisions? <laughs> but you're always thinking ahead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You might not think right ahead, but you're always thinking ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so mom convinced me that it didn't make sense to be a member of Amazon Prime. Mm. So I ordered a ton of uh, toilet paper, and paper towels and all the things that I thought I might need for a while. Like I, I don't even have a big apartment. I just got these piles of things for the next year. And I canceled Amazon Prime. And like a month later, they're like, oh, all the Thursday games are on Amazon Prime. <laughs> Motherfucker. Okay, here's back, my prediction. Back on. Here's my prediction. It's gonna this is a long-term prediction. The all NFL right. down. I I can see the downfall of the NFL. I know what it is. It's inevitable. <laughs> What is it? The downfall of the NFL is the the temptation to have, to launch their own streaming service where all football games are exclusively streamed through an NFL app that is NFL. So if you want to watch football, oh, you subscribe to their own NFL. Machine. It's all their own machine. They take it off network because network's going to get network's going to become a decreasing thing as a public and they utility. They get all the ad revenue directly. And they get all the and it's going to be great at first. It's going to be a money fountain. <laughs> Cuz right now all people really watch on network is sports, right? So you can see this at some point the sports net, sports guys go, "Wait a minute. We're all of network. Nobody cares about young Sheldon reruns anymore. They watch that on Hulu." And so they finally take their ball as it were and go home. And for a moment, it's great. But the thing is, as soon as you turn off the tap and that people don't get games they didn't know they wanted to watch, you've begun to limit your audience to hardcore football fans. And that begins the shrinking of the NFL, the nicheification of the NFL into the way that, like, say, baseball and hockey have become niche. Um, and they lose that, like, total dominance, even though they remain the biggest sport. 
That's interesting. That's, I never heard this theory. I thought you were going to say concussions. That seems like the more obvious answer. No, I, I think I weirdly, I think we, um, I think we kind of got, I don't mean we got past that. Like there's not still concussions that'll come up later in, in my no. chat. We, we did uh, enough to make us feel like we did something. Yes. Yes. And, and I think very smartly, uh, I think you're going to see high school football going probably to exclusively flag football within mm-hmm. a few years and tackle starts in college. And then you'll just have rookie NFL players who are crap tacklers for like a year or two. Um, but that's, that's smart. I'm fine with that. You know, hmm. um, yeah. but I, I really think it's not going to be the concussions. It's not going to be the deaths. It's not going to be the CTE. It's not going to be DeMar Hamlin. Uh, it's going to hmm. be that money. That streaming money is going to become just too hard for them to deny but I still think the reason football is the success it is. It is still the only sport you can get for free all the time. Is that right? Oh, yeah. I'm like, you can watch some basketball on network, but not a lot. They don't show a lot of basketball. You got to get TNT. You got to get ESPN. You want to watch hockey? Good fucking luck. You get like 12 games a year on NBC on a Sunday, 15 games a year, couple of playoff games, Sunday afternoon, maybe hmm. Saturday afternoon. Uh, you know, golf, but who gives a shit about golf? Uh, uh, you know, it, it, I mean, I guess golf is actually probably the other one, but you know, college basketball and, and college football, I suppose college, but pro sports have all migrated to cable networks for the most part. Baseball, you got to get like FS one or something to watch the twins games up here. I haven't even noticed this. Cause I don't care about those sports. Exactly. That's it. Right. Because it's niche, right? If you're, you're a baseball nut, you get the cable or the, the MLB package, but football any old dolt with rabbit ears, anybody with whatever whatever watch system you have will support getting some football games. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I didn't. I, I was completely oblivious to this. Um, yeah, I'm just. I'm just. I'm football only. I didn't pick it this way. It's just the only one I really ever connected with. Well, me too. I mean, what I've always liked. It, I mean, I liked the sport uh, a lot, but I've always liked the the, the cycle of it. Because uh, I love hockey, but it's like 82 games. It's too much to keep track of. I did, In junior high, I watched a lot of hockey. Well, it's because I didn't have a car. I didn't have a girlfriend. I didn't have a job. You know? Right. Life fills up, and you're like, I don't have 87 three-hour blocks to watch yeah. this one team. Again, I, I didn't grow up with it in my house, so it, it's part of the reason I didn't connect with it as much. But I always felt that way about baseball. There's oh. how many games? Oh, baseball is like <laughs> hockey times, literally hockey times three almost, or two. It's bonkers. And people like people are like I, I, I remember uh, my, you know, Mary Mack, the great comedian Mary Mack. Yeah. A few years ago, she goes, uh, one of her goals, she's going to watch every single inning of the Twins the entire year. And she. Wow. She did have to like obviously like TiVo some games and go back and watch them, but she did it. Yeah. And I was just like, Mary, <laughs> that's too yeah. many hours. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> she only did it one year, by the way. I don't think she ever yeah, did it. Yeah, right. Again. She lives in the woods. Right. <laughs> right. But football is like, you can kind of ignore. I mean, it's it, say you watch the Vikings games. Like, I'm a Vikings guy. So I'll watch all their non Sunday games, of course. That's only a couple, you know, a couple of three. Um, you can just watch football Sunday from like noon to five. Even you pretty much get the the whole thing in your head. You miss yeah. a couple of Sunday night games, a couple of Thursday games, but you keep up with the whole thing in a few hours in the span yeah. of essentially one really long, boring baseball game. I do like that. There's a rhythm to it, and it's mm-hmm. and it's a week to week to week kind of vibe. And in fantasy, most of the fantasy leagues are heads up. So I'm playing Brian this week. Next week mm-hmm. I'm playing Steve. So it's kind of compartmentalized on a week by week basis. And they even talk about it that way. Oh, it's week 17, you know. And 
I, I dig that. And I, I get the appeal of the other sports and some of the other rhythms. <clears throat> I had a guy that it was I was buddies with, and he was telling me about his connection with his dad through the Detroit Tigers and, you know, the the nature of of the season and having it on in the background on your way to something else. And it becomes a part of your it becomes a part of your life and the way that you talk and connect with the people around you. And I totally get that. I just that's just one that I didn't. I didn't connect with. If I yeah. if my buddies were watching it, I would totally be nuts about uh, Aussie rules football. That's a beautiful sport. It's awesome. Yeah, it kind of sucks to be the only like it sucks to be like the only guy you know who watches something like yeah. sport, sports, especially like a movie. I don't care. I'll watch a movie, but like the whole thing with sports, it's a very communal thing. You want to like yeah, talk I your friend whose team lost to your team right. and right. all the that Uber stuff. driver, you know, talks you up on yeah. your way to the thing. And there's that doesn't happen with. European soccer or Aussie rules or some of the things that I probably would watch more of if I had anybody around me who gave a shit, you know, it's interesting that it's the social, that the social part of it's what's appealing to me. I didn't totally. realize that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you yeah. want to, uh, you got to, you got to, you want to watch a golf, you got to hang out with a bunch of dudes with bone saws who kill American journalists and stuff. You know, it's like <laughs> sitting on the couch watching Khalid Sheikh Mohammed and you're watching live golf, seeing how the Saudis can launder all their money into American properties. <laughs> My brother is bets on golf. I was like, wow, that's a whole nother level of like, how do you even, I can't, I, you know, I again, it's just, it's just taste. I mean, I, if somebody could easily look at my crazy watching and betting patterns and go, what the hell are you doing with your life? So I get it. It's just, my taste is football only. And you know, that's where I landed. But it's, perfect, it's, it's perfect because uh, right now I've got, uh, it's sunny and life's going on and I, I don't really need football. You know, I, I'm, I'm happy without football right now. Just to read about it, think about it a little bit, you know, but boy, especially when you live in Minnesota, November, yeah. December, January, it sucks. It's like such a great motivator right. where you're like, this week's terrible and it's really cold, but damn it, I'm off Sunday. And I'm not doing anything. I'm going so like to watch five hours. It so speaks to your climate that you're like, it's sunny. Life's good. It's yeah. very much. Yeah. Yeah. It's sunny oh, here, but it'll be sunny here in November and December, <laughs> January. Yeah. But if you think about it too, football really started in the Northeast. So football was kind of built around a kind of Northeast, Northern Midwestern climate. You know, it, it, it kind of migrates down and it migrates down south a little bit. Of course, in the south, everything's slow enough anyway. Sundays are still good, you know, but it's, a little bit. I don't know if you heard some of the best football in America. has been. Oh, but it in started in the, in the northeast, I believe. Correct. I believe it literally like college football. And, and the other I thing, too, is I don't know the answer. I always that. think it's very interesting the way fo football in the south. If you say football in the south, you mean college football. And then there's also pro football. Yeah, you that's know? right. But if you say football in Minnesota, you for sure mean pro football. Also, we we know we, we got a college team. They're pretty yeah, good. Yeah, Gophers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's not that they they suck. It's just that in the north, it's all about pro, and in the south, it's like college and in high school. And you know, I mean those. Yeah, those some big of the Texas towns are big yeah. for high school. Yeah, I will occasionally be in some little town, and you're like. Friday night, everyone's at a high school football. Anyways, that's crazy to me. I can't imagine anyone who wasn't immediately connected to the high school going to my high school college, you know, football games. Um, we didn't have that where I was. No, that, no, no, no. We, that was we did the not. deep South, but, but I, I guess I, you know, I get it. And, and to me, part of it is you have to be connected enough to the thing to care about the minutia because part mm -hmm. of the joy of it is the, 
oh, this coach went here and this guy broke mm -hmm. his leg and yep. is he going to come? And Aaron Rodgers went into a cave and now what's he going to, you know, all these things, that's what makes it fun to follow. You know, this kid was, he dropped in the draft and is he going to come back and prove himself to be what he, what you thought he was going to be when he was in high school. And that to me is the fun of it, the soap opera of it all. And that's okay. part of the reason that I've always been fascinated with, with fantasy because you're kind of, it's almost like the stock market. You're kind of, you're, you're, you're putting your chips down on this situation going, I think this is all going to come together over here. Mm -hmm. And then you get to watch it play out. It's fun. Yeah. I, I no, I, I definitely agree. Whereas, um, I just there's no there's not as much time for that in baseball. Even though within the games there's more time to like talk about stuff because you're sort of standing there. I guess yeah. the, pitch, the pitch clock helped with that a little bit. But I was trying to explain to some friends of mine over the weekend on vacation. They were like, oh, "Football just boring," and I was like, "I totally get it. It's not for everybody." Yeah. But when you watch it enough, I was like, I was, and I used to be the guy who was like, "Come on, hurry up and do the play." You know, you always want to hit the fast forward <laughs> button between plays or whatever, right. like red zone or you know NFL those condensed games they do. Um, but now it's like once you get to know enough, you're like, no, 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 no. The between there's there's stuff going on, very important stuff in the between time, subbing out players, looking at the packages, watching the oh sure, you know, watching yeah. the quarterback adjust the play. It's just right. that you you do have to be pretty into the minutia of that to appreciate that. Yeah. Whereas with say hockey, I think hockey is a great entry level sport because like it's just like just watch the puck, watch the guy with the puck. It's moving all the time. It's moving yeah. all the time. Like there's not you know the the stoppages are brief. Um, so football yeah. takes a little more dedication. I get it. And and if, when you run into Europeans, their complaint about football is well, it's all set plays. Like there's all this you stop every time. Yeah. But you know what? The best plays are in soccer. The set plays. Yes. <laughs> When there's yeah, a quarter like, kick, that's when yeah. everyone stops and leans in. When there's a free kick, when there's a penalty mm -hmm. kick, when there's a throw in, these are the moments where you kind of lean in and go, what's going to happen here? And I like the chess aspect of it because you have this moment and you're like, we're going to we're going to do a play that they don't know what it is. And we're planning it. And we've been thinking about it. To me, that's part of the appeal of the whole thing. And of course, because I grew up with it, I like the rhythms of that, of yeah. being on the couch and there's a a play and a beat and a play and a beat and a play, you know, totally. it's, it's whatever is kind of baked into your, when you were 10, you know? Yeah. And football is really the only sport that has genuine trick plays. Like you would see in, in like a, 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 a comedy movie almost like you don't see some baseball player, like pretend to lose the ball under his hat and then tag a guy out. Like, yeah. They should whatever. try that. That should, they, they should, should. They should. Like in yeah. hockey, they don't, there's just not really like, globetrotter-esque plays in like real basketball they kind of just play basketball every right. now and then in football like the uh they'll just line up at some bizarre formation or like the yeah. kicker the kicker throws a pass or whatever you're right. like this is bonkers like I, I love that like kind of kooky like every now and then truly anything can happen i'm surprised that that they don't do that more especially at the college level with yeah. a program that's not really threatening to be top 25 anyway yeah. fuck around be the what the savannah bananas of football why don't we have <laughs> totally. that totally <laughs> yeah absolutely because like the, the i mean of course the extreme of it you remember the famous uh griff whalen uh the, it, it's often cited as the single worst play in football where they <laughs> they were trying to line up this really confusing trick play and i believe the quarterback it was the backup quarterback i believe it was griff whalen who did not play a lot but it's where like griff whalen and two linemen lined up and then all the rest of the line lined up way on the left side of the field and uh you, if you google it it's, it's an amazing play it only happened like six seven years ago and first off the funny thing was 
the whole play was wildly offsides. Like you can't have the bat, like the, the refs just like, they have their hands on their flags, looking at each other. Like, has anyone ever created a more offsides illegal play? Like it's a completely illegal play from the way it's drawn up, which was baffling, but, but they're trying to trick the, they're clearly trying to get like a, a bit of a false start or some confusion, create confusion on the defensive line. But then inexplicably he snaps the ball. And so the center snaps the ball and now he's just standing there with no line and yeah. everyone just crashes into him. Yeah. And the, the announcers are like, oh, what the hell just happened? Yeah. There was a, there was a Pat McAfee play that was similar to that, right? That wasn't that long ago. Yeah, that's right. I, it yeah, was I, ugly. I might be wrong about Griff Whalen, but I don't think I am. I think if you Google it, that was the, I mean, it wasn't his fault, right? Like somebody drew it up and he's like, uh, okay. I don't know if he was uh, supposed to say hike. <laughs> All Pro Lines uh, researcher uh, assistant Heather Saigo has jumped in here. Uh, in 1920, the American Professional Football Association, later known as the NFL, was founded in Canton, Ohio, greatly professionalizing the sport. Yeah, I consider that. I guess as a, I consider that kind of northeast, though. I got to tell you, I know it's yeah, I'm Midwest, okay with that. but you, the premise, of, you know, cold yeah. weather and and it kind of goes up into like you know Boston and New York. You the know. NFL merged with the American Football League, its rival in 1970 in the behemoth it is today right closely related to ancient english sports rugby and soccer gridiron football originated in universities in north america primarily the united states in the late 19th century i believe as a military part of it was a, a military training much like the boy scouts you know the boy scouts were a paramilitary organization is that right the boy scouts they were, were, they yep. were a hitler youth kind of thing well i mean ooh, <laughs> a little bit but not <laughs> it wasn't for a party Right. It wasn't uh, it wasn't ideological, but it was the thought was that you would you would teach these boys essentially wood woodland survival skills, basically all the stuff that's like the background of being a soldier. Right. So that when they became when they actually went into the military academy or went into the draft, they would already have a lot of these survival skills. That then you teach them to shoot the gun in the military strategy. Right. It makes but, uh, sense. Yeah. I, I, I like the Cub Scouts. I mean, I see the appeal of that. kind. Oh, of thing. I, yeah, I don't. Um, no shade on them. We're the Girl Scouts. And football, football too, uh, it was, you know, I mean, it's very militaristic, extremely militaristic. Uh, if you think about it with, like, the coaches, the general, and especially when you think about what war used to look like, where you had, like, a line of British idiots and a line of American idiots, and we all stood in a line and just shot at each other, standing still until everyone fell down and stuff. That's kind of football, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> There's a really great book uh, called Billy Lynn's Long Halftime Walk by Ben Fountain which is about football and the military. Beautiful book. Great book. Highly recommended. Uh, but really early on, he has a great breakdown of a military guy's perspective of what's right and wrong with football and about hmm. how it's everything that he loves about life and everything he hates about the military combined into one thing. It's beautiful. Hmm. One last uh, research note from Heather. Thanks, by the way, Heather. Good to see you in here. Uh, November 1869, players from Princeton and Rutgers held their first intercollegiate football contest, New Brunswick, New Jersey. There you go. That's kind of yeah. what you had. Yeah, I think of it. You know, it's funny, too, that football was so <clears throat> much a collegiate sport up until, I mean, obviously, there's still college football. But, like, the main association with football, I would say, up until the 50s and the 60s, like, if you watch old movies, it's all tied in with college. Like Buster Keaton has a movie about trying to join the college football team. Harold Lloyd, the silent comedian, has uh, a movie about being the big man on campus. And part of that is the, specifically the football team. Uh, you know, in Catcher in the yeah. Rye and the Salinger stuff, they're always going to the big college football games. Uh, whereas baseball was like, 
you don't got to go to college to play baseball. You play baseball, right? It was much more the everyman sport. Right, right. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. And now you've got to be Cuban <laughs> to play baseball. <laughs> and you have to go to college to play football. <laughs> and the first guy ever drafted in the NFL uh, ended up never playing a snap of football. Really? He he made more money at the rubber company and he opted <laughs> out. That's well, you hear story. about even the first Super Bowl, even when the NFL was like, you know, the NFL and Babe Ruth was getting paid decent money for baseball and all that. And it was like, yeah, they made uh, $7,000 a year. Uh, most of them worked at a box factory in the summer. And, you know, right, it was like, right. Oof. Yeah. I know. Right. I get it. You know. Uh, oh, Heather posted the uh, Griff Whalen's gaff. It was Griff Whalen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let, let's see if we could. I don't know if I can. I can I bring it up here? Not easily. I don't have any. I don't have any skills. I don't, I don't either. I'm just impressed. Where's Aaron Hodges when you need him? <laughs> yeah, this is an Aaron thing. I'm impressed <laughs> that I remembered it was Griff Whalen, though. <laughs> that is that's impressive. A, a that's really a weird rare. name. <laughs> yes, that's why I remembered it because I remember thinking he sounded like a Harry Potter character. <laughs> he does. Gr- Griff Whalen's a real Hufflepuff, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we got to get going, man. Tell me, where can people find you? Where are you telling jokes? Where do they follow you? Uh, oh, things? oh, uh, so good news! My my album is finally coming out uh, after pandemic delays and all all manner of delays. Uh, my new album will be out on June the sixteenth. Uh, it is oh. called It is called All the New Ugly People. Uh, it'll be out. <laughs> Uh, at 16th, I'm doing a CD release party at Comedy Corner Underground on the 16th and 17th of June. And then I am headlining Acme uh, August tw- 20, uh, 29th, 30th, 31st, and September 1st, I believe. Very okay. August 1st of September. I got, I'm got. i working on my new hour. I'm kind of debuting the new hour at, at Acme uh, at the end of August. Nice. Good for you, man. Still working. Yeah. So old hour, old hour released to June 16th, new hour debut uh, August. Kind of the Most of the listeners have known you and know your voice and know you for a long time. Brian's one of the great comics out there. So, you know, get his uh, get his album. Check him out. Uh, I'm floating around. I'm going to Greece this week. I'm very excited Ooh. about that. And then uh, when I come back from that, I'm going on sort of a comedy slash boys trip with Glenn Grizzard. Nice. Uh, we're going to Key West and Charleston, South Carolina, and probably Hilton Head and Concord, oh, that fun. North Carolina. Uh, it's gonna, I got, I got like, uh, almost a month of really fun stuff coming up. So I'm excited about it. I thought uh, about you. Uh, I was watching a sisterhood of the traveling pants and sisterhood of the traveling pants part two, which are set in Greece. Oh yeah, that's right. I've actually seen those. I, first off, lovely movie. The, the girls, they learn about love. They learn about life. They grow <laughs> and they grow together. Well, uh, well, I really enjoy the film. But uh, Alexis Philadelphia, lovely. Picture of loveliness. Uh, but a beautiful Greece scenery. And the whole time I was like, damn, I got to go to Greece. This looks great. Oh, Greece is great. I can't wait. I'm so excited. Um, all right. Thanks for coming on, man. Sorry I screwed up the times. Yeah. And thank you guys for uh, for jumping in here, particularly the three or four of you who answered the questions <laughs> and did the research, uh, Jerry and Heather. And uh, I appreciate you guys. That's really, really kind to have you here for this. Uh, Jerry, uh, drink some more water and some Gatorade. Jonathan, thank you. Uh, thank you guys for listening. That's what most of you guys are doing. We appreciate it. We're going to come back to you about once a month for the next couple months, and then we're going to go back to weekly during the football season. Uh, appreciate everybody. Hope you get what you want in your uh, football news in the next little stretch here. And let's uh, let's do a little outro music, shall we?
This is a little leftover from the Aaron Hodges era. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.